Welcome to Thinking Into Success. I'm Dr. J.A. Jones, your spiritual coach, encourager, and friend. I'm here to help you find spiritual solutions to real problems. Each week, we deliver solutions to issues you're facing in life or someone you care about. Let's get started. Guess what? Today is about spiritual thinking, solutions to real problems. I have a special show today. I was on Educational Moments with Dr. Naita. She has a platform every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now it's on YouTube Live. She is an author, educator, motivational speaker, life coach, ordained minister. I'm just going to give you a few of the things that she has accomplished and what she does. Obviously, she has her own website. She's on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of those platforms. Also, an inspirational 20-year-plus secondary and post-secondary education professional and an expert in education and career planning. She has ministered to adolescents ages 11 to 18 plus for over 30 years. Wow. She is the leader and founder of Eternally Flawless Young Women's Ministry at the Bethel Experience in Jacksonville, Florida. She has served as minister team leader in juvenile correction facilities in the state of California, taught Sunday school, implemented a mentoring program in Florida, served as minister of education, and authored a Bible-based curriculum entitled Defending the Faith, Know What You Believe for Teens and Adult Students. Believe me today, you wanna to listen to this life-changing information. I am sharing about real parenting strategies to help families overcome adverse childhood experiences and live more productive and healthier lives. This subject matter today is vital to our humanity, our progress, our life longevity, and healthy family dynamics. Stay tuned in. Don't go nowhere. Please tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell a foe. Tell somebody. Also share it on your social posts or stories. Now, it's time for me to get out of the way so we can get started. Let's go. Well, hello everyone. It's me, Dr. Naita, and welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Educational Moments with Dr. Naita. And as always, I'm here, you're here, so we're here and let's get going. I am so excited. Look, I have an awesome show, an awesome, awesome show lined up this evening. I have a fabulous speaker and today we're talking about ACEs, adverse childhood experiences and parenting skills and how do you blend the two. So look, we're providing real solutions with a real expert in the field, and we have a show for you. So look, share this um, stream with your friends, share it, like it, do what you have to do, but we want to get some incredible information out to the community. So look, grab your paper, grab a pen, and let's get started.
Thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you, Dr. Naita, for inviting me back. Hopefully I did well last time. I'm assuming I did. So thank you uh, for giving me another opportunity to be on Educational Moments with Dr. Yeah. Naita. Hey, I am excited. I really am. I'm pumped. I'm trying to calm down before I get too uh, excited. So yes, I am here and uh, I'm excited to be a part of this show. Um, I am a ACE Overcomers Certified Facilitator of a 12-week curriculum. Uh, AceOvercomers.org uh, is located in Merced, California. The founder is Dave Lockridge, um, the founder and the CEO, and uh, he has graciously allowed me to be a part of this program. And these are some of the things that I was striving to do as I uh, before I met Dave. So he's an incredible man of God. He loves God, loves God's people. So I'm excited just to be a part of that organization going forward. I am also ordained minister. Uh, I have founded about 10 years ago, the Hope Center of Orange Park, mm -hmm. where we are helping to eradicate illiteracy in our community. So I'm excited about that as well. So we, we're just excited. I do jail and prison ministries. I am a uh, on-call chaplain. Uh, I do several things. I'm a life coach. I'm a mentor. I have counseled people. I have helped people from all walks of life. I've traveled to at least seven different countries on missions trip, helping people, awesome. ministering, serving the community. So I'm just excited, just grateful to God him giving me the opportunity. This is awesome. I am so excited. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It is just so good to know somebody like you. So I am just, you know, I'm honored. So thank you for being on the show this evening. So yeah. look, we want to talk about ACEs, but I know not everybody knows what that is. Would you right. give us a <laughs> recap? What is ACEs? What is this all about? Well, in 1997, Kaiser Permanente and the CDC got together and they uh, had one of the largest study in that day as it relates to um, adverse childhood experiences, 17 plus thousand participants. And they came up with this ACE study based on 10 areas, for example, that impacted a life of a child all the way up to adulthood. And they studied 10 types of adverse childhood experiences. I'm gonna just give you a few, emotional, physical, uh, sexual abuse, emotional neglect, physical neglect, domestic violence against the mother, mental illness of a family member, substance abuse in the home, parental separation and divorce, imprisonment of a household member. And based on this study, one of the things that Dr. Felitti, he was one of the chief investigators said, one does not just get over some things, even 50 years later. You know, sometime in our circles, we may tell people, wherever they be in church and life, get over it. Mm -hmm. we do. Some people just cannot get over it mm -hmm. because they have deep wounds. Yes. They have deep childhood experiences, which they cannot articulate sometimes. They just know the behavior that is taking place and they don't know how to control it, whatever it is. So that is what is adverse childhood experiences in a nutshell at the moment. So there's something called an ACE score. Yes. So what is the ACE score and what does that represent? The ACE score represents several things. Uh, it is a tally of 10 areas, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. And those things cover uh, the areas, for example, abuse, mm -hmm. emotionally, meaning the child been yelled at, belittled, insulted, physically, hit, spat upon, uh, restrained, threw under the bed, in the closet, kicked out of the door, just physically abused. And obviously sexual abuse, hopefully that's self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. That is under the category of abuse. And then the next area, as far as the A score, those 10 points, mm -hmm. neglect emotionally, not providing a nurturing 
or an attention to a child's emotional development, physical, not providing for the physical uh, needs, food, shelter, uh, medical care, all of those things. Now, dysfunctional household, that is one for sure. Uh, domestic violence, I've talked about it, mental illness, imprisonment, substance abuse, all of those areas cover those 10 um, uh, a study that they did. So if, for example, you have an ACE of score of, of one, you know, you may have a, a chance. You have an ACE score of four, five, or six. I think somebody did. Uh, you're going to need some help. Uh, <laughs> and because the higher the score, the less likely a person may live to see 50 or 60 because your lifespan is shortened based on the study 20 years. Wow. Because what you don't confront, you cannot conquer. That's so, right. And it begins to eat at you. Right? It begins to eat at you. And it will manifest itself in other yes. ways. It can manifest yes. itself in physical, um, your own self, physical abuse, you know, yes. with terrible picking up bad habits to comfort yes. this illness, this hurt, this sore mm -hmm. that you have inside of you. Or it yeah. can turn itself on you and increase your likelihood for those long-term diseases that, you know, so often plague our community anyway. Oh, sure. The diabetes and the heart disease. Diabetes, yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, sure. So, yeah. but you covered a lot of things. You said, you know, ver verbal abuse and physical abuse and um, some neglect. A lot of people have impact, have experienced these things about how many people in america do you think have been have experienced these uh, an incredible amount 66 percent you know have at least one a score mm -hmm. and 14 percent have an a score of four or higher that's Ooh. a lot of folks that is. I, mean, I think in the United States, we have close roughly 250 million to 300, maybe. I don't know. It could be 400 million. Mm -hmm. But just imagine that just in the United States. But ACE is just not located to the U.S. of A. Right. It's around the world. Right. It is around the world. People are just discovering and people are trying to study uh, what the CDC and the Kaiser Permanente put together. So uh, it's incredible. So tell me this. So, uh, so a an adult who has experienced some of these traumas in their right. lives, mm -hmm. and they just, you know, um, a lot of times we suppress things. Yes, we push it down, and then we just deal with it, and yep. you know, we yep. don't talk about it because my family yep. doesn't talk about things like that. We don't talk about Uncle Johnny who messed with all the little girls in the family. We just don't talk about it. You know, um, and I'm just using that as an example. I don't have an Uncle Johnny. I have other issues, but I don't have an Uncle Johnny. Okay. Um, but you know, we we just learn to deal with with it. We just deal with it, and we dealt with that pain. Does it turn around? Do, does it impact our skills as a parent or the way we rear our children? Do you think it has an impact? Most definitely. Naita, it has an incredible amount of pack as a parent is trying to rear a child. You know, parents with a high age score often have difficulty connecting emotionally with their children. Mm. Period. You know, because they were abused or neglected. You know, they may have never learned to connect, but now they have children and they still don't know how to connect. Parents must communicate with their children and with one another. Mm -hmm. Parents, you know, parents must monitor their emotions. You know, I think I talked about monitor and moderate last time. They have to pay attention and then they have to regulate their emotions, you know, their anger, and they have to have a sense of kid connectivity wow. and, and make sure that they are responding in an empathetic and a sympathetic manner. So if they can do that, become, get to that place of awareness, there's hope. There's always hope because there's always help. It's just a matter of them recognizing it and coming to that point in their life. Wow. You know, you said a lot because um, 
you know, a lot of times because you've had hurt and and like you said, you don't yes. you didn't get that relationship with your parents. Yes. You don't know how to turn around and give it to your child. So I do see a lot of parents, instead of trying to relate and understand the child, they just provide things. Yes. You know, and, and I'll just, well, what do you mean? I, I don't connect. You wanted those Jordans. I got them for you, you know. Right. Or um, so they just provide things. And that's so dangerous when there's um, things, but not a relationship. Yes. Yes. I want to say something else about that, because uh, there's several parenting styles. It really is. And I just wanted to address two of them uh, tonight. Um, one I would call the authoritarian. Mm. Hopefully I said that correct. An authoritarian yeah. uh, type of parenting, which they lead from the top down, mm -hmm. which means uh, they interject their power, their power assertive. Mm -hmm. They're all about high control. Yes. They're bully parents. Yes. 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 I like how you said that. I, I thought of it that way. Actually, that is true. It's yes. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Parents bullying bully their children, and yet the children get bullied at school. And, or, so they turn, or they turn around and are the bullies at school. Yes. Yes, for sure. So mm -hmm. uh, both parent and child must know how to communicate, but especially from the parent to the child. The child is nothing but the child, a sponge. So they have to know how to come together and exchange ideas. They have to be relational centered, relational. nurturing, reasonable, warm. They got to be firm, though, but uh, they have to understand that. So I'm saying as far as an authoritative type of style, it helps for them as they're relational and centered, they're nurturing and all of those things are reasonable, they're warm. And then they respond that are react to their children, which is a big difference. Most of the time when someone reacts, it's impulsive. It's all from the flesh, it's how they feel. Right. Versus what's really real, what's really going on. So an authoritative type of style is the right way to parent, which I just talked about. Uh, exchanging ideas, relational, centered, balanced, control, responsive, uh, reciprocal. You know, they give and they take versus just take and not give. And that's what an authoritarian, authoritarian uh, what's the word? Authoritarian. authoritarian. Yeah. Man, I'm four or five syllables, uh, which is, you know, not good. Now, you know, the Bible says that train up a child in the way they should go. Mm -hmm. And when they're old, they will not depart from the training. Mm -hmm. So an authoritative style oh. is the best style. Either yes. way, yes. Yes. Yeah. But an authoritarian style causes a child possibly be angry, mm -hmm. to be self-critical. Mm -hmm to be depressed, to have a wounded spirit. And one scripture says, Naita, that fathers do not provoke your children That's what the says. wrath. That's what the word says. There you go, because this is what it's all about, the spiritual aspect of our lives. So mm -hmm. we must not do that. So if the parent can understand the two, the differences between the two, and they get help, they need help, uh, there's hope. That's There's awesome. hope. That's awesome. So, um, so for the child who you know has a well parent, yes, and great household, but has experienced trauma outside the home, and now they have to you know come back home and um, for whatever it could be in trauma at school, it could be trauma in the community, you know, right. something horrific happened. Um, right. How does the parent begin to help that child pull them out of that and to, um, you know, help them so that they don't increase their ACEs score and then become that authoritarian parent or authoritarian adult later in life? Authoritarian. I like that. that is so true uh, for them not to get to that place. So one of the things is important to do is that being uh, constantly connected with your child. Mm -hmm. That helps. 
be predictable in your child's eyes. Mm. Yes, very important because children depend upon them. They depend upon you as a parent. Yeah. You must be there for them. If you, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't mean to cut you off. Really? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm on a roll. Okay, let's go back. No, but you know, be predictable in your child's eyes. You know what? Let's go back to the classroom. Let's go back to teaching because, you know, we both, we do. Um, Rituals and routine. Yes. Rituals and routine is how a classroom maintains its order, you okay. know, rituals and routines. So and it is so important that young people, that kids, that young people have rituals and routines. They just, right. you know, the same thing every day, every time, you know, it's the same time of day. That's how um, they establish patterns. That's how they establish security. Yes. And they are comfortable and can learn, you know, and um, for if if a child doesn't know who, which parent they're going to get on a particular day. Yes. That's unstable. Yes. And it's unstable and it's hard for them to develop properly when we just don't know who's going to show up today. So true. <laughs> so, so I wonder if that just came into my mind. So please go continue about being predictable in your child's eyes. <laughs> yes. No, thank you for interjecting at that moment. I do appreciate that for sure. So because if you are unpredictable, your child will not want to connect. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the parent connecting to the child. Mm-hmm. The child really knows the parent and their unpredictability. They know the parent when the parent is real and when the parent is not. They know when the parent says, come on, do as I say. Mm-hmm. And not as I do. But not as I do. The child knows that. They may not say nothing at the moment, but eventually they're going to catch on. Then they may continue to repeat the same patterns in their life. Mm-hmm. So you have to be uh, at that place and will withdraw and discount your authority. When parents are unpredictable, that child will withdraw. I'm going back slowly. Slowly. It may not be, it's going to be subtle. And then they would discount the authority of the parent. Naida, that happens all the time. And the parent is wondering what happened. Wow. Yes. Yes. So you said, say it again, when, when parents are unpredictable, kids will reveal. Yes. When parents are unpredictable, their child will not want to connect and will withdraw or discount your authority. Ooh, that's bad. And parents don't want that to happen. No. Ever. That's been, yes. Ever. Oh no. So that's why it's important. They question you ask me for I don't know what's going on with that. So ah, we'll keep going. <laughs> I don't know why we're getting that feedback, but keep going, keep going. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is a new you know why? Because this show, you know, we all know. It's but, the topic. Yes. Yeah. Topic. So and, and that's important. So as we go forward. Wow, that that's good. It says, but when parents are unpredictable, kids will not connect, or they'll discount your authority. You know, yes. and yeah, that's that's you know when a parent has lost control. That's and correct. That, and that's where we don't want to be ever, ever, even as with grown children. That's so feel, true. You know, you so definitely true. don't want that. All righty, so I'm kind of shifting the subject just a little bit. Okay. With the pandemic, you know, okay. so many young people have experienced failure. Um, you know, they've been withdrawn. They've been away from yes. their friends. They, yes. you know, and I know, it, you know, in the state of Florida, our kids went back to school. Not everyone. People had the choice. Right. They didn't have to send their kids back. Right. So, you know, I, right. I'm not sure what the percentages are across the state. but. Right. Um, I'm going to venture to say that at least 60% of our school students, our school-aged children are back in school. But across the country, that's not the same. 
You know, there are so many states where kids have been out of school for a whole year and they're still, there's no sign of them going back anytime soon. So these kids have experienced, some did not transition well to virtual learning. Right. I mean, these have been great students, students that have been outstanding since they arrived, you know, yes, and they yeah. get into this virtual environment and they have just failed to thrive. It did right. not work for them. So I'm seeing that, you know, there's just a greater depression, there's greater isolation. Yes. What can parents be doing now to help their students, you know, make, um, to, to find, you know, regain their confidence. And, right. um, you know, online learning isn't for everybody. And that's just that's so what it is. So um, what can parents do now to help their kids? Because so many are struggling, so many are hurting. Right. That's an awesome question, Naita, and I'm glad you asked it. So four things, um, but I'm going to explain them as we go further. First of, first of all, be there. The second thing, be supportive. The third thing, be involved. And the fourth thing is be encouraging. Life has happened to every family. So it's important to be there as a parent, be supportive, be involved, be encouraging. The problem of depression and frustration is experienced by nearly every student, think about it, across the nation. Mm -hmm. It's not just to this location, but you know, different, like I said, um, schools are starting at different times, but they have friends, they have family, they have people that talk to them over the phone. Oh man, it's bad there. Oh, it's better over here and all of that. So mm -hmm. they're still connecting to their family member, their first cousin or, mm -hmm. uh, or their uncle or whatever. So the connectivity is still always there, but it could be negative or it could be positive. True. So we are social beings, as we all know, who need interaction. You know, this magnifies the importance of emotional connectivity. Yes. Naida, that is so important, emotional connectivity. Parents need to connect with their children. Yeah. I believe everything begins and ends in the home. Absolutely, I agree. And it goes back okay. to what you said, parents must be relational-centered. Yes, must be. They yes. Must be. Nurturers, nurturing. Yes. Parents gotta be a good buffer yes. for their children because they leave and go out into the world or even if they've been stuck in the house, I mean, it's just crazy out there. So. Children remember that authoritative figure or that parent that speaks to them, talks with them instead of talking at them. Right. Wow. Wow. This is good. This is good stuff. That's why we're getting so much resistance right now. <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, but this, this is good stuff. So I know for me, I think, you know, I'm constantly thinking and yes. Yes. things like that. I'm just weird yes. like that. But I am um, deeply concerned about, you know, those kids who have been away, you know, from yes. school, away from help um, and have been stuck in the house with, you know, family members who may not be, have their best interests at heart, you know, um, those who needed services and are not getting those services because, you know, the school isn't following up or, you know, child welfare or child services is not being sent to these homes, you know? Yeah. So I'm just wondering really what's going to emerge once the doors of the, of the church, <laughs> once the doors of the country <laughs> is open again, you know? Once everybody, we can get back out. I'm just like wondering what is going, what on earth is going to emerge? I wonder about, you know, how many little babies are being born yeah. to cousins and uncles and you know th things right now because i mean we've been locked up for a year some right have been, some, not so much in florida because you know they let us go free and our numbers yes. are crazy you know yes but yes. Um, you know around the nation people have been locked up for over a year you know and the only girl in the family and things so i think about that so 
what kind of emotion is it just me or you know do are there any studies being done is anybody thinking about this is anybody in your in the mental health industry are we working on this trying to tackle whatever is going to emerge once the doors reopen and right. everybody is back moving sure. are there Yes. Are there studies that you know of or anything right now? I know there is, Naita, but I uh, can't put my hands on some. I know studies are out there in mental health and in that industry as well as other areas. And just like you said, uh, a lot of unknowns because when things open back up, you don't know what's going to come out of the box. You don't know what's going to come out of the closet. You don't know what somebody's going to say that happened to them five months ago at midnight, five weeks ago. And, and like you said, they're hanging around family members. They're getting close. They're getting, you know, at a uncomfortable space and, uh, and in a bad place mentally. Right. And a lot of times they're doing anything they could do to cope, to manage the moment. And it's something that has been put on all of us. So the emotional state of the nation is fragile. Mm -hmm. It really is all over. So we are overly sensitized, number one, and, and we're intolerant to the opinion of other people. Yeah. You know, especially in the age of communication, you know, in the time, you know, when communication is easily, it's accessible, it's impactful. But yet we are stifling. And as you know, a lot of things has happened, stifling the freedom of speech, mm -hmm. you know, in our, in our country. But we must open the lines of communication. We have to do that when, the, when everything. Oh, we have to open the line of communication and. Our ears. Yes. Our yes. Ears. We got to listen. listen. Yes. We got to listen. We must not be ready to say something before someone finishes. We got to listen. Parents have to listen. Children have to listen, you know, because there's so much going to come out of the closet. And sometimes it may not even be believable because it's the unimaginable. <laughs> horrendous. It's so horrendous that you don't exactly. even know that this yeah. can happen. That, that's yeah. something that happened in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, Naida, children really, God, God created us. I mean, children are resilient. Yes. They really are. They really are. They can bounce back. They can overcome. Uh, but as a parent, I believe they, if only they listen to their children, is is be a you know you'd be amazed how life will turn around in that home. But a lot of times, parents just don't listen. But children, to me, and I know you know that they are really resilient. They blow our minds sometimes. We think. They get down, they get hurt. All of this happened to them, and we just say, How are they going to handle it? And they but, got struggling. There you go. They, they really do. Yeah, they really we do. Over, we're doing over here struggling. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I'm okay. I'm going really? to stress out. <laughs> I think we're stressed for them and ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean, but again, they really are resilient. God yeah. created them. You know, children are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And, and the Bible said marvelous are his works. So they really are resilient. They really, I know they'll surprise you and they'll surprise me. And especially when we look at their circumstances, their conditions and the home environment, when they talk to us about it, when they tell us about it, we sit on TV and we hear it, but they really are resilient. But I know they need parents to listen to them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I was just checking Facebook to see if there were any comments or any questions, and I don't see anything. Do you have any further things that you would like to share? Because we have, you know, we start talking and 30 minutes flies by. It does. It does. It does. It does. So, do you have any last comments or anything that well, you want to share? Well, I'm eventually tell you about the you know the ACE curriculum. I like to talk about that a little more for sure. But sure, I, I do believe Naita, there's so much pain, so much suffering, so much uncertainty in, in our world, period, in our, in homes and in parenting for sure, because parents are raising children, but yet children are raising children. 
meaning they are parents, but they still are child up here because they have not had the right uh, information and the skills necessary to parent effectively. Wow. And that's important. Now, one of the things that I said earlier is that uh, children will disconnect, but they want to connect to the parents. And I think you type that in, it says uh, they will withdraw and discount the authority of the parent. Because eventually children will really get to the point where they think they're smarter than the parent or they know more than the parent based on what's going on. And the parent is trying to keep things together. The parent is trying their best, but their knowledge is not there mm -hmm. as it is with the child. You know, let's say educationally, because there's a lot of parents that have not went to higher learning institutions. You know, you know that and I know that. So and yet their children are excelling and doing great things. And I have experience because I've seen this, you know, how parents hold their child back mm -hmm. intentionally because they see the child progressing, progressing and progressing. And it's all of a sudden, wow, you may outdo me. But the parents have suffered so many, uh, I guess, the tally count on the ACE survey to their struggling and not getting help. Um, I know DCF is in a lot of homes and all of those issues and so i think you know all of the things that we talked about as far as parents yes go ahead i'm gonna pause because <laughs> you said and, oh i didn't supposed to say that you you oh you said a mouthful okay you, and that you had no no when you said that um parents will hold their kids back when they see that their kids are um excelling and will exceed them but come on, that on the health in a healthy family, that's the goal. Yes. That yes, is the goal yes, for yes, your kids to do yes. better. You know, is they they're supposed to. They're supposed Hello. to each generation is supposed to do better than the previous generation. Absolutely. That yes. is but when you've experienced trauma, yes, as a young person, then that isn't developed. Yes. You know, and then now, like you said, now you're trying to parent and right. you still have your own wounds that you need to heal from. Right. Because right. ultimately your kid going to the next level is is the goal. That is the goal. But right. um, but when you're authoritarian, when you're authoritarian instead of, yes. you know, when you're, you're yes. a dictator and, and you're the bully and everything, you are not. You, you just don't see that. You don't think they're afraid of losing that control. That's what it is. So true. No, so true. Now, when you're out of control as a parent, guess what? Makes you feel less than, mm -hmm. makes you feel inadequate. And it's all right to lose control. It's all right for a child. I, I, I counsel a, a couple recently. The child just tells the mother what to do and how to do it because, for example, she had a lot of aces in her life and and the child has succeeded and superseded the parent educationally and, you know, vocabularily and from a, from a vocabulary standpoint and academically and, and is excelling. So then the mother got mad and start yelling. So now they're in my office. We got to talk. Then she admitted it, that she was abused. Mm -hmm. She didn't know her father. Mm -hmm. She was a little jealous. Even though she said, go for it, daughter. You can do it. You can make it. But then the daughter went for it. Right. Uh, she like, believed it. She did. did. <laughs> now you're mad. Oh, yes. Wow. But that's Crazy. that inside. That's that hurt. That's not her. She doesn't want to be that way. No. She doesn't want to tear no. her daughter down. She doesn't. No, no not at all. Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. And they each, you know, with the uh, ACEs and all of those things from the uh, childhood, when a parent, obviously a mother or father experiences those things, you know, we may ask what happened to them? You know, why are you the way you are? For sure. But I think it's further than what happened, you know, let's say domestic uh, or someone went to prison or verbal or physical or mental illness. It's all, yes, it is what happened, but it's the thing that happened 
inside. Mm -hmm. It's the experience, but it's what traumatized them inside. That's more so than the experience. Because I've seen parents say their son at 10 years old said to the mother, because the father was very abusive to the mother Mm -hmm. and to the son, and the son told his mother, when the father went to sleep after he got done drinking and beating her up, he said to her, we got to go. So they left. Wow. And never looked back. Okay. But the son later on, remember, that's one of the things, parent separation of Ace. Mm. He missed his father and he became a drunk. Oh. He missed, he really, he hated what his father did, mm-hmm. but now he's falling the same pattern. Right. So again, it's all about the experience, which was bad, but how they internalize it and how it materializes. Yes. That makes a difference. Yes. That's good. Yes. So wow. I can go on. That was good. <laughs> that was so, good. So I think uh, if I can, you know, I got plenty, of, I got like, Three hours worth of it. I mean, so, <laughs> so um, I definitely want to talk about the ACES curriculum for sure. ACE overcomers, and uh, and that's what I do. But also, if I could say this, a takeaway strategy, which I think we talked about several, okay. you know, for parents that will watch and maybe are watching, um, you know, that's important. I think it's important for the parent to set aside time for brain space set aside brain space okay set aside time for please yes set aside would i would just say set aside brain space with their children and what i mean by that outside of schoolwork outside of housework because from the brain standpoint it is still helping that child to develop as they have healthy connectivity because they say based on studies and science that the brain is still developing Mm -hmm. and being shaped and mold all the way to the age of 30 almost yeah so that's important for the parent perhaps because like even with the pandemic people are still busy people are i don't have it with them people are on their phone You know, they they having dinner, but they're texting their parent while they're at dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know that. I'm just saying, so there's really no relationship. So I think that's important to set aside brain space. So give me an example of setting aside, setting aside brain space for a um, mother who has two little children. What does that mean, setting aside? What does that look like? I hear what you're saying, but what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, two little children. Um, I would say if the TV is on, cut the TV off. I would say if they have their phone, put the phone up and just do eye eye to eye, skin to skin. Meaning, and that leads me to the love language. That was the second thing. Learn your child's love language. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's part of that brain space. And again, outside of schoolwork, outside of doors at home, learn your child. Do they need words of affirmation? Do they need to be cut? Mm-hmm. You know, do they need a certain thing? So quality time, touch, affirmation. Mm-hmm. Every child is different and every child has a love language. That's true. So as you're setting aside brain space, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Just Goo, goo, goo. If it's little, playing with them, tickling them, making them laugh or making them giggle because that releases good health endorphins and, and it, bring, it promotes community, it promotes healing, it promotes connectivity. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Especially at ages up to three years old, mm-hmm. uh, they will never forget that experience from a brain standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint. Mm-hmm. And that child would be probably more happy. And I think a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh-huh. so brain space for a teenager 
would because you know once they those aliens you know it's hard to you know to to connect but you, as a parent you have to be diligent in connecting and yes. i know kids especially the girls you know once they get a certain age I mean, I've seen girls scare their dads. <laughs> you know, daddy don't even want to talk to them. You know, not scare them as in, you know, I'm going to beat you up, nothing like I that. Know. They just don't. <laughs> you know, they like, ooh, that child is mean. She a monster, you know. But it's just, you know, it's, just, it's a period of time that they have to go sure. through. It's a growing, you know, process. But nevertheless, it's still the parent who yes. must yes. insist on having that some one-on-one -on -one time and like you said you have some kids that love to be hugged okay? yes they, they oh, just, love to be hugged then yes. you have another child who if you fix their favorite you know their favorite meal might be fried chicken you fix some fried okay. chicken they will fight everybody in the house and mama made this for me you yes. know no yes. but you know yes. but that's what connects to that child you know sure um for others, like you said, they they need to hear those words. They need to hear. Yes. I'm proud of you. Yes. Some kids just need yes. to hear that. Yes. So yes. That is really good. You know, knowing yeah. your child's brain. Uh, I'm sorry, knowing your child's love language, and that's a great example of what brain space looks like. And sure. um, and the bottom line is, it's work. It's work. And is it really? I'm tired and I worked all day. Yeah, but you had those kids. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you had those kids. You, you, <laughs> you want that relationship yes. when they're adults, you know, then it's based on what did you do while they're still kids. So true. Yeah. So true. You know, judgment starts at the house. Yeah. So it's important for people to understand those spiritual principles as they're trying to uh, rear their children, you know, with the brain space, with the love language, like you say, what does my teenager like to do? Let me get in their space. And and what the problem that parents have, they want their child to get in their space. But we got to get in their space. If they like a certain show, you may hate it. It may be annoying to you, but still sit down next to your child and watch it for 30 minutes. Or if your child likes to walk, go in and walk, go to the park. That's another way of brain space. It's a connectivity. It's walking, it's talking. How's your day? Uh, how are you doing? I mean, you know, how how are you thinking or, or how is life? I mean, anything I can do, I mean, versus again, not talking at them, but talking with them. And children need that. Teenagers need that. They have all these identity crises, hormones, hormones are everywhere and they feeling funny. And if they can't talk to the parent, guess what? They eat They're going to talk to somebody. That somebody may be the wrong body. <laughs> they be the wrong person. So we have to do that. Yeah, those are great things to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Oh. Good stuff. Good it stuff. is. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That was good stuff. Yes. Um, let me see. I see um, Sabrina's over here saying, yes, Lord. She said, um, yes, you you know, and you absolutely want your kids to be better than you. This is something that Sabrina um, yes. Sr. said. Um she said that's a mother's love for her children. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Sabrina. Thank you um, for being on with us, Sabrina. We appreciate Amen. it. <laughs> so um, that is awesome. Do, um, do you have any final words for us? Sure. Without a doubt. Oh, my goodness. Time has flown, Maida. I mean, really, you know we got to do this again. You know we got to do this again. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again in March. So. So I think I showed this. This is uh, one of the, this is kind of the, uh, if you can see it, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but next time send it to me and I'll put it up on the- Okay, okay. Overcome yeah. a difficult childhood. This is a 12 week uh, lessons uh, that we talk about and we present, you know, that's important for everyone to know as we go forward. And uh, I think it's important, you know, like I said, I, I can do it virtually. We do it at the Hope Center of Orange Park. That's how they can get a hold of me. And some of the lessons, I, if I didn't mention it, it's important. Uh, the, the Hope Center of Orange Park, actually, the website is Hope Center OP. The website is Hope Center OP. 
And we have a Facebook page. If you get to the website, you can get to the Facebook page as well. Is it .com or .org? Uh, .org. Thank you. Hopecenter.org. The phone number that we, we accept calls. We have an hour. It is 904-214-6739. So we're here. We're open. We can, we're virtual. We're you can show up and we, we, if somebody just needs it with five people, six people, we social distance, we wear a mask. If people want to show up, I wait till we have enough students and then we conduct the class and we talk about several things, the origin of many mind, body, spirit illnesses. That's important. That's one of the, the important lessons, you know, the power of the brain plasticity, you know, circuits, patterns, habits, then we cap it off with why we get angry. And mm -hmm. that's important. Then we have another lesson, learning relational skill. My, I could go on and on. And these are lessons you know, that will help people. Um, we need it in our society. We need it in this curriculum. I don't know if I said it, uh, aceovercomers.org, Dave Lockridge, but it is evidence-based which means science and scripture has validated this curriculum. You can't beat it. You can't they say it. it works. You can't it works. It. So you always want to be connected to a curriculum or something that works and that has been proven. So I'm excited. Well, you should be. It's, it's an awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome curriculum. It's an awesome work. And yes, it's such a great need in our nation. Yes. Oh, Javardo, I appreciate you coming again this, this, this week. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you again in March. We have an exciting topic. What's the, what's going to be our topic in March? Oh, uh, we're going to deal with how teens with ACEs can learn relational skills. Oh, that's going to be good. That's yes, it is. Good. Yes, it is. Or students oh. with ACEs can learn relational skills. So they're going to have to buckle up in March because I'm going to give you a lot of information. <laughs> and it's going to be life changing. It's going to change their paradigm, Naida. I'm telling you. It is. Okay, let me shut up. Awesome. Well, Jabarda, thank you so much. It was good to see you. And yes. We'll see some more love. Yes. Thank you yes. so much. Yes. Thank you for watching and we'll be in touch. Thank you for listening to Thinking Into Success. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, click the like and follow button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. I look forward to you being with us on the next episode. Until next time.